with me to the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews chapter 12. And as you're turning there, I'll kind of just get you up to date real quick on kind of what I'm doing. Uh, as Pastor said, I'm out in Fairless Hills, Pennsylvania, which is about a half an hour north of Philadelphia. And uh, it definitely is different than here in a lot of ways, uh, but uh, the Lord has helped me out a lot. I've adjusted, uh, I think, pretty well at least. And uh, I'm serving there. I'm teaching in the high school. Uh, I teach a bunch of different stuff. <laughs> I teach science. I teach an English class and a, a, a math class. So they're keeping me busy doing that and uh, also serving in the church in a few areas as well. And uh, just thankful for the Lord how uh, good he is, how faithful he is, and uh, just for giving me the opportunity to serve him. And, uh, and I do want to thank you just personally for all the prayers you have uh, given for me and uh, for your love and just for helping me to, uh, to uh, just grow up and stay faithful to the Lord. And I just want to thank you for that. And uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, uh, we'll read verse uh, 2 and 3. So uh, if you'd like to stand with me for the reading of God's word. And uh, Hebrews chapter 12, and uh, we'll read verse 2 and 3. We'll kind of jump off that text and we'll uh, get into the message in just a moment. But in Hebrews chapter 12, in verse 2, the Bible says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Let's pray. Dear God, we do thank you for your goodness to us, Lord. We thank you for, uh, Lord, the opportunity to hear your word, and Lord, to, to read your word, to spend time in your word, to, to, to grow in you. And uh, God, I pray that you'd speak to each and every one of us tonight. Please fill us with your spirit, Lord. Please touch our hearts in a special way. Please fill me with your spirit, Lord, and speak through me. And uh, Lord, I pray that your word would be preached faithfully. And uh, Lord, I pray that exactly what you want said would be said. And I pray that you'd be honored and glorified through it all, Lord. I pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. What is your focus for this next year? As coming up in this next year, one of the big things people always say at the beginning of the next year is, oh, what's your New Year's resolution? And people come up with all these New Year's resolutions. Probably one of the most famous ones is, oh, I'm going to get in shape this year. And people are saying, oh, I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to get a gym membership. I'm going to do these things. And, and many people have uh, these New Year's resolutions, these, these ideas, these goals, these, these plans that they've set forth for this new year. As this new year kind of could be a new start, a start to something new, a start to, to getting your life back on track, a start to, to living a healthier life or to, to whatever, whatever it might be. And uh, as we get into this new year, we can have a lot of focuses. We can have a lot of goals, a lot of uh, ideals that we want to reach this next year. But our goal, our focus, as it says here in, in Hebrews chapter 12, should be looking unto Jesus, considering Christ, considering what he did and how we should live in our lives. As I'll read it again, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him in, uh, set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. And our, our goal this year 
If above anything else, above getting in shape, above uh, putting some extra money in the savings account, above whatever it might be, our, our goal this new year should be setting our focus anew and afresh on God. Setting our focus on who He is and what He wants to do in our lives. And this year we should keep that focus, that, that focus on Christ, looking unto Him. And if you turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1, and we'll use this passage uh, as our text uh, in 1 Timothy chapter number 1 and verse 17, and how Paul uh, had some things he focused on in this verse, some attributes, uh, attributes of God that we should focus on as well this new year. And I, I believe if we look at these attributes, we look at these, uh, these parts of God, then we too can keep a, an accurate focus on God, a focus on who He is and what He wants to do in our lives. In 1 Timothy chapter number 1, verse 17, the Bible says, Now unto the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only, God, uh, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, of course, this verse is not an exhaustive list of all the attributes of God. It's by no means, I mean, we could preach till the end of next year on all the attributes of God and still not even get close to exhausting the subject. But this evening, I just would like to be an encouragement to you tonight in just showing you some things from God's Word, just several simple attributes of God and things that we can focus on this next year. Things we can focus on even tonight on who God is and what he wants us to see of him, and how, how he wants to, and desires to work in our lives. So this first attribute we could look at is, uh, is the first one. It says, now unto the king. Now unto the king. Our God is king. He, he is in complete control and, and is completely uh, sovereign and reigns over each and every one of us. Our God is king. It says in 1 Timothy 6, Verses 15 and 16 says, Which in his times he shall show, who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. Again, in, in Revelation chapter 19, verse 6, it says, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of the mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Our God is, an, is king. Our God is an all-powerful God that reigns on his throne in heaven. And let us not get sidetracked. Let us not get, get discouraged thinking that our God isn't in control. That our God doesn't know exactly what's going to happen and isn't in complete control of it. As our God is king. He's, he's an all-powerful God. The Bible says he's omnipotent, all Powerful. You think Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Who in here, just with speaking the word, has created anything? Obviously, no. None of us have. I, I, I can't make a sandwich by speaking the word. I mean, maybe if I ask my mom or something, if I'm home, to make a sandwich. Still, I'm not making a sandwich by just simply speaking the word. But God, in the beginning, he spoke the word. And the worlds were, were set in motion. He spoke the word and the storm was calmed. He spoke the word and he created all of this and has control over it all. And let us not fall prey to the lie of Satan thinking that 
our God is not completely in control. Our God is not all-powerful. But let us rest in assurance that our God is He's all-powerful. Our God loves us, and, and He is in complete control of our lives. It doesn't matter what might come up this next year, but God is in control of it. And not only that, God has brought it into our lives for a purpose, or he's allowed it into our lives for a purpose. And let us not just get so sidetracked in thinking that our God is not in control, but just constantly affirmed in our lives this next year that God is king. He's all-powerful. He is in control of our lives. But not only that, the Bible says, uh, there in 1 Timothy, it says, Now unto the king, eternal. So God not only is a king, the only king, the, the Lord of lords, but our God is eternal. He's not limited by time in, in any stretch of the imagination. Obviously, we are limited by time. We have a 24-hour day. We, ha- we have, if we're lucky, we get, we'll have maybe 70, 80 years of life. And we're limited by time. But God, who's the creator of time, obviously is not limited by that time at all. We can't go into our past and, and, and see all the things that happen and change and rearrange things in our past. And the same thing is true. We can't go into our future. We can't go and see what exactly is going to happen 10 years from now, 15 years from now, a minute from now. We, we have no power over time. But we're set in it. But our God is an eternal God. Our God, he's not controlled by time, by any stretch of the imagination. Our God is in our tomorrow. He is in our future. He knows exactly what's going to happen to us this next year. And he's already there. He's already orchestrating it all. The Bible says that before the foundation of the world, he prepared, uh, he had prepared God, uh, to Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. Before the foundation of the world, he had set in motion all that would take place for us to be saved. And just with that same power, God has complete control over what's going to happen in our lives this next year. God, he's an eternal God. He's already there. We might worry or think, well, what's going to happen in this situation this next year? What is God going to do this next year? What is God going to do this next day in my life? But the Bible says so clearly that we do not have to worry because God is already there. Because God is in complete control. He's an eternal God, not limited by time at all, not, not guessing just as much as we are as what might happen 24 hours from now. But he knows, and he's planted, and he's orchestrated it in our lives. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, it says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. As there it so clearly says, God, he's the beginning, he's the end. He was in our past, he is in our present, and he will be in our future. It doesn't matter what circumstance comes up. Guess what? It's not a surprise to God. He knew it was going to come. He he, he knows the blessings that are going to come in our lives this next year. He knows the possible trials that might come this next year. He knows because he's already there. And our God is an eternal God. It says, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. He's the ever-existent God. It's not like I was in the past tense, but he says, I am present, always, always existent, and our God is an eternal God. So not only is our God king, 
And not only is our God eternal, but thirdly, the Bible says, now unto the king, eternal, immortal. And our God is an immortal God. As, as we can see so clearly, uh, especially the older you get, the more you see how time and how just sin really has affected our bodies. How the older you get, uh, the, the, the weaker your, your body will get. The, the, the more pains and aches you get, the, the, the more hair you lose, or the, the grayer your hair will get, uh, the, the more disease and the harder it is for you to get better. And we see how just so prominent that is in our lives and our society, how time, how, how disease, how, how weakness just affects our lives so much. But our God... None of that affects him. Our God will never grow weak. Our God will never grow tired. Our God will never grow sick. Our God will never grow old. As just, I mean, just thinking in uh, my grandma who had just recently passed away, just thinking about how her age and how time had really affected her. How uh, in, in the last time I saw her, just her, her memory had pretty much gone. I mean, uh, just different things. Her sight had gone. Her hearing had gone. A lot, of, a lot of things had happened. And time had really affected her. But can I tell you, it's such a joy to know that our God isn't affected like that. We don't have to worry, well, did my God hear my prayers? Because I know he's been around for, I mean, the, the creation's been around for six, 7,000 years. I don't know if my God has, has gotten old or, or tired. Uh, maybe our God's asleep like it... It says in uh, in Kings chapter First Kings chapter eighteen when uh, when Elijah is, is mocking the uh, the prophets of Baal and saying, "Oh, is your God asleep that he doesn't hear you? Oh, is he is he tired? Do you need to wake him up?" And he's mocking them about how their God, obviously, is not a God at all, was asleep, or maybe he was tired, maybe he was on vacation. But our God, he's he's never tired. Our God is never weary. He, our God is never sick. Our God doesn't grow old. We can rest assured that our God, it says, I am the Lord, I change not. And our God does not change. Our God does not grow weary, does not grow old. It says in Isaiah forty twenty eight. it says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. And our God, he won't grow weary, he won't grow tired. And we can rest assured in that same truth, that when we need God, in that hour of need that we have, we don't have to worry if our God's asleep. We don't have to worry if our God is, is too busy with something else. Because our God is an immortal God. He obviously will never die, he'll never age, he'll never grow weary or sick or tired. And our God is an immortal God that can help us whenever and wherever we need it. Our God's eternal. Our God's immortal. Our God is king. And fourthly tonight, the Bible says that our God is invisible. Our God is invisible. Now, this, this attribute, I, I think a lot of times we might struggle with, or you might think, well, that's not much of an attribute. Our God's invisible. Yeah, well, I can't see him. I mean, how many of you have sat down and had a conversation with God? Raise your hand. Anybody at all? No, I, I didn't think so. If you did, I think maybe you'd have some problems. But uh, anyway, so our God, I mean, I know me personally, it would, it would be awesome if I could just sit down 
and just have a one-on-one conversation with God. I mean, uh, Jesus Christ sitting there, I can just talk to him, ask him, what should I do here, God? Maybe, it's, can I do this? Or God, where do you want me five years from now? God, what? And just sit down and talk with God and, and have a one-on-one conversation with him. And sometimes I struggle with that. I think it's, it's a natural thing that we would struggle with that, that our God's invisible. We can't see him. We can't sit down and talk with him face-to-face, person-to-person. And we think, well, that seems like a, a hindering, a hard, a, a, a bad attribute almost, that our God is invisible. And of course, he does that on purpose because he has such great things planned for that. One of the things, not only is our God invisible, but many times the way he works oftentimes is invisible. We don't see it. Many times God is working behind the scenes and we never see until it really all comes to fruition what God really has been doing in our lives. And really, I mean, I could think through my life just different circumstances, different uh, occasions where it just seems like all the pieces just came together perfectly. And I had no idea God was working in that way. I mean, I could think of even the way uh, I ended up way out in Pennsylvania. I I was in college. It was my junior year. Uh, I, uh, uh, I was scheduled to stay in this one dorm. And I was in the dorm for about a week. And uh, after about one week, uh, they, it, was a, it was an off-campus storm. And they found out, oh, we have room on campus. So let's move all the off-campus kids back on campus. So I was there for a week. I just unpacked. And then I had to pack up again and move on campus. I was like, oh, this is stupid. i got to move on campus. Okay. Uh, and I mean, I just unpacked. So I move on campus. And I, I end up moving in this one dorm. And there was this one guy in charge of the dorm. I had never met before. Uh, he jokes around about it. I, we didn't know each other at all. He didn't even know my name, really. Uh, and uh, he was in the dorm. He was kind of in charge of the dorm. He was a senior that year. And uh, we, uh, we got to know each other. Uh, we got to know each other pretty well. He, he was a great guy. And we really became good friends that year. And uh, I helped him out with some things. He, he helped me out with some things. And it was just the Lord kind of brought us together. It was just, just that alone was just the invisible hand of God working and orchestrating me, supposed to be somewhere completely different, moving to this dorm so I could meet this guy. And then, and then many other things happened. Uh, obviously, he graduated before me. The phone calls were made. A long story. But to cut that all short, because of God's working, just in that invisible way, way back two, three years before I even thought of going to Pennsylvania, God had already been working. And already been orchestrating things, getting me ready to go there one day. And uh, God, God works in an invisible way. He works in a way that we cannot see. And many times we don't understand. But God is in control. And our God is an invisible God. And if you take your Bibles with me, turn to Hebrew, uh, sorry, Romans, Romans chapter 1. And uh, we'll see how in, in a small way we can see God and we can see his working in our lives. And in uh, Romans chapter 1 and uh, verse 18, starting there, the Bible says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. 
as there might be people around the world that say, oh, I've, I've never seen God or heard of God. I, I should be with an excuse for not knowing of God. But clearly, clearly here in many other places, the Bible says he, he's put that knowledge of God in each and every one of our hearts. We know that there is a God. You just look at society. You look at just how there is some kind of a common morality around the world. And you look at so many other things, how God has put that knowledge of himself in each and every one of our hearts. And, and again, you can look, the heavens declare the glory of God. And we can see God in his creation. We can see his design. We can see his, his, his creativity and his love. We can see God in, in several different ways. But... I think one of the main reasons why God is an invisible God is because God wants us to develop faith. Because if we could see God, if we could just go over and talk to him anytime, face to face, there would really be no need for faith. And in Hebrews chapter 11 says, um, Hebrews 11, 1, and also, uh, also in Hebrews eleven six, talks about how if we don't have faith, it doesn't please God at all. And how could we have a relationship with God if we don't please him at all if we don't have faith in him? And uh, the verse just skipped my mind. Let me turn to it real quick. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, it says there, uh, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we can't have faith in something we can see. And God we can't see. And God wants us to develop that faith. And then again it says over in Hebrews eleven six, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And God wants us to develop that faith. In knowing that he is an invisible God, we can't see him. We can't prove it with scientific evidence that God exists. But we can with faith. Which our faith will be made manifest, it will be made seen, it will be made evident to all one day. And our God, he is an invisible God. We can't see him, and many times we struggle with that fact. But God has done it for a purpose, so that we might grow more in faith, to trust him more, to to obey him more, to love him more. And let's not kick against that fact that God is an invisible God, and the way he works oftentimes is an invisible way. But that should be a comfort to us. That we know even when things look, look bleak, when things look bad, when things look like nothing's coming together, we can know and we can have that assurance that God truly is working all things together for good. Because God many times works behind the scenes in ways we don't see because, again, he wants us to trust him in faith. And let us keep that focus that God, he is king. Our God is eternal. Our God is immortal and invisible. But not only that, if you look at the next attribute, it says that he is the only wise God. God, he is the only wise God. And again, that's another thing we might struggle with is we think, well, I know best. I know what I need to do because I know because I know best. But the Bible says so clearly time and time again that our God is the only wise God. God. He's the one that knows the right answer. He's the one that knows the right path to take. He's the one that knows the right decision to make. And we might think in and of ourselves, man, I know this is what I need to do. But the Bible says 
the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The Bible says we trust our own instincts. We trust our own, man, I think this is the right answer. The Bible says our heart is desperately wicked. It's never going to lead us, if we just trust our fleshly heart in that alone, it will never lead us in the right direction. We follow our heart, it will lead us in just an emotional train wreck. But if we follow the truth of God's word, we follow the, the wisdom contained in it, then we can have a sure course. Then we can have a firm foundation to rest our decisions on. And our God is the only wise God. And the Bible, God is so kind. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. As if we need wisdom, as I'm sure each and every one of us do. I'm sure each and every one of us in this room have decisions to make, if not within this next week, surely in the next year. Big decisions to make. Why don't we ask God for the wisdom to make the right ones? Why don't we seek his word to make the right decisions? Let's not just make hasty and rash decisions that we'll regret one day. But let's, let's take a look at God's word and what it has to say. Let's take a look at what God wants us to do through prayer, through godly counsel. Seeking the only wise God who will give us that wisdom if we just simply seek it. As our God, he wants us to make the right decision. That's the thing. Our God's not out there trying to hide the right decision from us. and Like an Easter egg hunt, hiding the egg somewhere so you have to go find it. Find it. But our God, he wants us to know the right answers. He, he's pl- placed it clearly in his word. He's, he's given us counselors to, to meet with. He's given us a spirit in our hearts. And we can find the right answers. We can seek him and find what God wants us to hear. And our God is the only wise God. The Bible says in Proverbs 21.30, There is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. And if you seek counsel, if, if you are thinking, man, I want to make this decision or this decision, and it's contrary to what God's word says, it's contrary to uh, what, what godly principles say, what, what godly counsel has led you to, if it's contrary to that, the Bible says there's no counsel, there's no wisdom, there's no understanding that will have any fruit apart from what God says is truth. And let us not go to, to, to bad influences. Let's not go to uh, bad counselors or, or trust our own wicked and desperately wicked heart. But let's go to the word of God. Let's go to him. Let's go to the, the one who knows it all. The one who's already in our tomorrow. The one already in our future. Who already knows the decisions that are going to be made. He already knows what decisions should be made. Let's go to that God. That knows it already. Let, let's not trust our own finite mind and finite heart to, to, to lead us down some roller coaster. But let's trust the, the, the only wise God. Let's trust him as he knows what's best. As he knows the right answers. Let's trust him. So the Bible says now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. Next it says, be glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. Our God, He is King. Our God is eternal. He is immortal and invisible. He is the only wise God. And guess what? He also deserves our glory and our honor. We should praise our God. We should glorify Him. We should honor Him in our lives. 
as we have such a magnificent God, we have such an amazing God, such a loving God, such an all-powerful and just amazing God. But do we praise Him like we should? Do, do we let others know of that praise? Or do we just kind of take it for granted? Or do we just kind of go through the motions and not continually praise our God like He should be? If you turn in your Bibles with me to Revelation chapter 4, we'll look at a verse there and then in the next chapter. So in Revelation chapter 4, and we'll read verse 11. And we'll see a, a few reasons apart from just the, the, the glorious attributes he has. But we'll look at a few other reasons why we should glorify and honor our God. In Revelation 4 verse 11, the Bible says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. We can praise our God because he created us. He wasn't obligated to make us. He wasn't obligated to to save us, as we'll see in a second. But our God, he created us, and we should praise him for that. for, For giving us life. For giving us not just life, but life more abundant. As I believe, as far as I know, everybody in here is saved or has at least heard the gospel. And if you're not saved, tonight's the night to do that. Tonight's the night to trust him. But we've been given a blessed life and a blessed eternity to come. Why don't we praise him for it? Well, why don't, when's the last time you just stopped and thought about how amazing our God is and that he just created us. He made us for him. We should praise him for that. If you look over in Revelation 5, starting in verse 9, it says, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And our God, he not only created us, but he has saved us. If nothing else, that, that, that's the one thing we should praise him for, that we are saved, that we are redeemed, that, that we are washed in the blood of the Lamb. As there are millions, and, and probably even more than that, that have not trusted Christ as Savior, that are not washed in the blood of the Lamb, that do not have a home in heaven, that do not have their eternity set, When's the last time we've praised him for it? When's the last time we've, we've s- stepped back for a minute and just maybe not just asked for the things we need, but just stepped back for a moment and said, Lord, I just thank you so much for saving me. I thank you so much that you died on the cross. As the season, Christmas season, that you came to be born in a manger, to live the life you lived, to die on the cross, to take on our sin in your own body, who knew no sin, to become sin for us that we could be saved. When's the last time we just took a second, a minute, five, ten minutes, and just praised God for saving us? Because he was not obligated in the least to do that. But because of his love for us, he did it. When's the last time we've praised him? 
we've glorified and honored him for what he's done for us. And just a warning, it says in Isaiah 42 and verse 8, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Let us not be guilty of stealing God's praise for the blessings in our lives. Let's not steal that praise. Oh, man, I, I, man, I did this great thing, man. I, I, I'm amazing. And just stealing that. And we might not say it in that way, but let's not steal the praise from God. As God's the one that has orchestrated it all, God's the one that has given us the grace to, to make it through that trial or to give us that blessing, God's the one that's done it. Let's not steal the praise for ourselves. Let's praise the one that's done it all for us. Let's not steal that praise. As God says so clearly, my glory will I not give to another. God's not going to, he's saying, hey, give me what's due me at least. Don't, don't steal my praise. And we could go on and on about it, but let's honor and glorify our God this next year. Let's look at how the Bible says now unto the king, eternal, invisible, immortal, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So what's your focus this next year? What should our focus be this next year? Well, clearly, it should be on God. Now, sure, we might have goals of getting in shape. We might have goals of, uh, of getting a new car, goals of whatever it might be. But let's keep our focus on what's most important. Let's keep our focus on God. As I'll close with this. I know growing up, my, my dad, he taught me how to mow lawns. How many of you have mowed a lawn before? Raise your hand. Good number of you, okay? Uh, and mowing lawns. I remember when I first started learning how, to, learning how to mow the lawns, my dad was big on, okay, you got to make sure these lines are straight. When you're mowing the lawn, you go up one side, you come down the next, and you got to make sure the lines are straight. And I'm, I'm, I was probably 10, 12, something like that, when I first learned to mow the lawn. And, and I'm going along, mowing the lawn, and kind of get a little distracted, and kind of going off a little bit. And, and guess what? The, I, the line's supposed to be like that, and I'm way over here. And my dad, oh, no, you got to do it again. And I was like, oh, but the grass is cut. Why do I have to do it again? It's like, no, the lines are bad, okay? The lines look like you're blind and you're just going off somewhere, okay? And uh, it's because my focus was off. I, I might be mowing the lawn and, ooh, there's a bird. Oh, yeah, okay. And I'm getting off track because my focus wasn't right. And one of the best ways, the easiest ways to keep a straight line is when you're mowing, not to look right down in front of you, but to keep your eyes fixed on an object in front. And as you keep that, uh, your eyes fixed on the object in front, you just move straight, and guess what? You'll have a straight line. And this next year, let's keep the right focus, as it'll, it'll keep our whole year straight. If we keep our focus on God this year, if we keep our focus on on our king, who's eternal and immortal, invisible, and, and so wise that receives the glory and honor. If we keep our focus on him this year, I guarantee you, you might hit some bumps, you might, you might take some bruises, you, you might see some blessings. But can I tell you, your, your, your path this year will stay straight. And you'll end up exactly where God wants you to be as long as you keep your focus on him. Let's pray. Dear God, we do thank you for tonight, and uh, Lord, we just thank you so much for your word, and Lord, how you love us so much, and God, we just thank you and praise you for who you are, God, that you are a loving God, 
that is in control. That, Lord, is eternal and immortal. Lord, you are invisible and you are so wise. God helps to praise you more and remember you more and love you more and serve you more. God, just help us to, to keep our focus on you this year, I pray. In Christ's name, amen.